We live in a culture where people will hear and they'll say, this is what this person as a prophet is saying. And then therefore, without checking or verifying, is it line? Does it align with the word? Is it aligning with the word of God? Take heed to what you hear. I rebuke this, whatever it is, sis, this mass, I command it to go right now in the name of Jesus. Jesus. Body be healed right now. Any spirit of retaliation goes in Jesus' name. What God was doing with that family, that wasn't just for them. That was a picture of the Father's heart. He is restoring marriages. He's restoring families. We enter into the blood of the Lamb, but it's through the Holy of Holies. And God's pathway to restoration is present for all of us and for your families. So in Acts 17, verse 11, the Bible says that they searched daily, they searched the scriptures daily to find out what these things were. So in other words, the Bereans were taught to search the scriptures daily so that they would know what the truth of the word is. So Church of God, we need to be Bereans and we need to search the scriptures daily so we know exactly what the word of the Lord is saying to us. We are in the best of times. I firmly believe that we are in a season right now that it may look wicked out there because it is out there, but where we are, where God has called us to because we're his, it's the best of times. In other words, God wants to do such incredible things for you as a believer in Christ. There should be not one hopeless Christian in this room, not one, because God is our hope. And he doesn't leave us hopeless. And I don't care how bad, bad looks out there. God is our hope. And he's also our soon coming king. And so there are a lot of things that you will hear, right, that just different things that are spoken. Um, And for some individuals, it could cause a lot of fear. It could cause doubt. It could cause um, confusion, right? But it will not be you. This is the church that God has called me to lead, God has called me to lead at this church, and I will do so, and I will make sure that I do so using the word of truth. Everything that I say, I want you to take it to the word of God. I want you to be a Berean. I want you to study it. I want you to make sure that what I'm saying does line up with what God has already said. Say, God's already said it. So if God's already said it, doesn't it make sense that we align ourselves with what God's already said? Right? Okay. So is there anything new under the sun? No. There's nothing new under the sun. So should there be some new revelation that's so different from anything you've ever heard? No. Because God is the same and he doesn't change. And the revelation that God gives is the revelation about his word. And God's not going to lead you astray. And he's not going to lead you in paths of fear. And he's not going to lead you in in ways that are not of him. So we're going to stick close to the word of God, the truth. So we're starting a new series on discerning the times. This specific message is titled, Not Everything You Hear Is True. So Father, in the name of Jesus, let every ear be cleansed of things that they have heard and even shared, but were not true. I arrest every spirit right now that would cause you to not hear the truth and bring a twisting of truth. I rebuke it in the name of Jesus and command it to be removed right now. You will hear the truth, and truth is what sets you free. 
Yes, there's disasters. Yes, there are diseases. Yes, there are violence and perversions and wickedness in high places. Yes, there are professing believers that are falling away to deception. Church, we must take heed to what we hear. Don't just listen and not pay attention. Listen to what you're listening to. I am telling you, Jesus is the same. And yes, he's coming back. And yes, he's coming back for a pure spotless bride. And yes, our hope is in him. And you will not be caught without your oil. And the oil is the oil of the Holy Spirit. The oil is the oil that continually flows out of you. You're not depleted. And if you ever do get depleted, make sure you get filled up really quick. We want to make sure we walk in a place of being filled up with the spirit of the living God, the oil of the Lord. Amen. So in Luke 9, um, yeah, Luke 9, 23, this is what the word of the Lord says. You can turn there if you've got your Bibles. If anyone would come after me, this is what Jesus is speaking. If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. Daily denying yourself, taking up your cross, following Jesus is the life of a believer. So don't just follow along. We are called to live counterculture. Just because culture is going in a certain direction doesn't mean that you follow that, right? Right? We must live with a biblical worldview. Say biblical worldview. First Chronicles 12:32. I'll read it to you, but I want you to mark this down. Because 1 Chronicles 12 and 32 says, The sons of Issachar, who had understanding of the times, but they also knew what Israel needed to do. This is specific and this is important for this end of time study and for what I'm talking to you about today. Today is just the first part of a, of a, of a, you know, a few part series. So, the sons of Issachar had understanding of the times. God wants you to have understanding of the times, not just understanding. They had understanding of the times, but they also knew what Israel needed to do. Understand and know the next steps. They had understanding, which means they also had wisdom to do what to do with, with that understanding, right? So too many Christian leaders are leaning on what other Christian leaders are saying or what certain prophets are saying, regardless of where we are in biblical times, instead of going to the word themselves. You know them too, they'll quote the prophets, quote unquote, but I challenge you to quote the word of God, which is the prophet above all prophets. He is a prophet. First of all, I think you all know this. I'm not against prophets because I know that I am one too. I've been called. I have a, I've been ordained as one. And I carry that mantle, not just an apostle, but I'm also the prophet, even in this house. But I'll tell you right now, there are people, oh, and I say that with, I am unashamed because I take my role very seriously as to what God has called me to do because there's a lot of mixture in the church. People will flaunt a title of which I do not do. It just grieves me, but it grieves God even more. But people will take a title and they'll just assume that this person, whatever they're saying is true simply because they have a title, a misuse of titles. We live in a culture where people will hear and they'll say, this is what this person as a prophet is saying. And then therefore, without checking or verifying, is it line, does it align with the word? Is it aligning with the word of God? Take heed to what you hear. Take heed to what you hear. 
We are living in a time where there is so much confusion, so much confusion. And, you know, good they call evil and evil they call good. And, and we have to know our sword. We need to stand on it, not just know. Remember, the sons of Issachar, they understood the times, but they knew what to do with it too. So not everything that you hear is true. For instance, here are just a few things. The churches should have never shut down. The churches at large, they should have never shut down in the first place. They listened to the wrong voice. And you know what? It was the majority, wasn't it? Hey, I'm not saying this. I'm not tooting my horn. We never shut down, but I'm not tooting. This is not to be a look how great we are. I am trying to prove a point here, church. The point is, is that, yes, we're in the end times. And we've always been in the end times, to be honest with you, for 2,000 years. Since 2,000 years? So we've been in the end times. So it's not a new thing. It's just that as wickedness seems to abound, it's just getting more out in the open is what it is. It's just getting more out in the open. If people are more flamboyant about it, right? So you're seeing it more. It just seems like it's getting worse. Well, because you're seeing it more. Yes, absolutely. But again, there's nothing new under the sun. We're in the days of Noah. As the days of Noah were so wicked. But you know what? It's the same. It is the same. Perversion, perversion. It's the same. The days of Noah. But God did what for Noah? God did what for his family? He spared them. One of the things, I'm going to take my time in, my, in this series, and I don't care how many I've already planned to do. I've planned for three, but I'm pretty sure there's going to be more than three just because I'm only on page two, and I got multiple pages. So I'm going to make sure because I want to make sure that we really, as a church body, are confident. You know you're in the end times, but we've always been in those end times for 2,000 years. And a day... It's like a thousand years for the Lord, and a thousand years is like a day. So in reality, it's really only been two days in God's calendar. When you look at it like that, you realize, oh, you know? So it's not like, oh, it's been just God. Jesus is going to come back tomorrow. Some people were, but when is Jesus going to come back? When is Jesus going to come back? The Bible says no man knows the day or the hour. Not even the angels. But only God the Father. Why would you try to predict it then? For people that try to predict when Jesus is coming back to earth, you're out of alignment biblically. No one knows. Why would he just go ahead and tell you? But he says, not even the angels know. He's just the Father. And then all of a sudden, you're going to know. Why would a thief warn those that he's going to rob before he robs them. Right? And the Bible actually makes that analogy. The thing is this. God wants us to live with an expectation that he is coming back and that we are a bride that has prepared our hearts for him. That we're not focused on, Lord, when are you coming back? Oh, so-and-so says that. You're coming back on such and such date. And then it never comes to pass. 
because no one knows the hour, no one knows the day. We're called to discern the seasons, and we do discern the season. It's pretty wicked, but God, and there's, we're not hopeless because when things are so wicked and so dark is when Christ in us can really shine through one tiny, tiny bit of light in you can totally put that darkness out. I do not believe, oh, people will say to me things like, well, should I buy gold or should I buy silver? What should I invest in? Should I take all my money out of the bank? No, these are the questions that are asked, that I'm asked. Should I take all my money out of the bank? What should I buy? Should I invest? What investments should I make? You know, I think I'm going to invest in this. I'm going to, you know, and, and all the negative and all the things. Let me tell you something. I don't go for any of that. Zero, none of it. I don't. I do not sense this sense of urgency that Jesus is coming back tomorrow or even in our lifetime. And nobody knows. But I don't sense that we need to put a halt on things and be careful over here and be careful over there because Jesus is going to come. No, live your life as one that knows that you belong to the king and that you have everything that you need for life and godliness and you are here to make a change for somebody else. You're here to proclaim Jesus. You're here to proclaim the goodness of God. When you get your focus off of that, you get your focus off of the Lord. That's when you go down. That's when things go south. That's when you believe things that you shouldn't believe. That's when the enemy can grip you with fear. That's when the enemy can grip you with lies. That's when you get your eyes off of the focus. We already know what the focus, I'm going to read you some scriptures. We already know what the focus is, or should be. The focus should be on Jesus. So churches should have never shut down, but some did. They were listening to the wrong voice. And it was the majority. And it was many that would call themselves apostles and prophets too. Don't be so easily to forget. You know, the church can't be just so asleep to where they forget. Do not forget what God has already spoken to you through his word. When somebody comes to you and says, oh, well, this is, they're going to project, they're going to, they're going to speak forth the future. And they're going to prophesy the future. And they call themselves a, a, an apostle or a prophet. And they, and they do this. And, they're, they're, and then it doesn't come to pass. And then people just kind of forget. And then they, next time they bring up another, another prophecy, they just, they're all on that bandwagon again. And then they just kind of forget when it doesn't come to pass. And then the next time it's prophesied, they're on that bandwagon again. Would you please stop being like children? Would you please wake up and grow up? Yes, it's a strong word. Because in the last days, there are going to be many that are deceived, even the elect, if possible. So we need to know this. Jesus is the prophet of all prophets. And I'm not against prophets. I am when I told you that already. But you cannot put them above God. And don't put me above God. Don't put anything that I say above God and make sure that I'm not an idol in your mind. Because you'd be in sin. You are to search, what did I start off with in Acts 17? Search the scriptures and make sure it's biblical. Why is it that only in the charismatic churches is this an issue? Really? It's really just only in certain charismatic churches that people just want to hear, oh, did you hear what they're saying? Oh, and they're all running next, you know, months. And so, oh, did you hear what this person, did you hear what Jesus said? 
Are you listening to what Jesus said? So there's something about maturity. Understanding the times, Jesus doesn't change. If he was to come back tomorrow, are you ready? Okay, well you can know so because your life is surrendered to him, right? And you can know so because you know that you walk surrendered, like you know that there's, there's nothing that you're willingly holding back from him, so you're ready. Say, I'm ready. I'm ready, Lord. But yet, I don't believe he's coming tomorrow. I believe we still have quite some time. I believe we have lots of work to do, and it's good. It's a good work that we get to do. Hey, the day that he does come back, we're going to meet him, and we're going to meet our king. And he's going to be beautiful, and it's going to be glorious. But I believe we have some work to do. You know, God has called you when he, when he saved you, and, and he didn't just take you up. He left you here on earth because he wants to use you. He wants to work through you. And there are people that will hear the gospel through you. And only you. Here, here, these are the facts. Okay, vaccines. You know, I didn't go for it. And I counseled, counseled many of you not to go against your own conscience. In other words, that's a personal decision. You want it, you want it, that's up to you. You don't, you don't. I personally don't, and I didn't. But your personal decision. Don't let people pressure you into doing what you're not comfortable doing. When you let somebody push you into what you're not comfortable to do, that is a form of manipulation. And the agenda, and I spoke on this when it was current, but the agenda is to bring in socialism, control, manipulation. And I told you like this, don't bow to that demon of control. Doesn't not just not necessarily just about the vaccine. That's your decision between God and yourself. But it, what it is about is not letting yourself be controlled by what somebody or some system is saying if you are not in agreement with it. The whole, the government, the world, trying to control, trying to put, saying you can't have the right of speech. The homeschool father that was just praying at a, at a uh, abortion clinic outside that got arrested some of you guys may homeschool father of I think 10 children or seven children a lot of children and arrested for just standing outside of an abortion clinic and praying uh-huh some of you didn't know about that but what I'm saying is this we cannot bow to a demon of control because we're in the days of Noah. We are also in the days where the Issachar anointing, where you're going to know what God is doing and you're going to speak to it. You, God has never left us hopeless. You're not left hopeless. And he never will. That's just the thing. People hear end times and they get afraid and they want to know what comes first and what comes next. And the Bible does lay out some things about before the second coming. And we're going to get into all these things in time about the second coming of Christ, right? But even with that, you, you only are going to know the seasons, not the actual day and hour, right? So, so think about, let's just think about our past, our, you know, just now, two years or so, right? We, then we went to Black Lives Matter. And there was all this social pressure online to jump on the bandwagon and support the Black Lives Matter. Well, I'm sure you all know I didn't do it. And as a matter of fact, you all know that I even spoke, no, all lives matter. Oh, there's pastors that have taken down these things and they've been in interviews and they have said, I misspoke, I'm sorry if I hurt your feelings, I'm taking it down. 
And I, and I watched that interview. And I was appalled. Cannot. You guys, we have to be willing to stand and face any persecution that we're going to face. So what? Jesus said in this life, you're going to have persecution. The godly will suffer persecution. That's not a new thing. We understand this. But we get to have joy because he's already overcome. We get to have joy because he's already our victor. And he says, I'm going to lead you in paths of righteousness. You already have resurrection power and you have authority. We have authority on the inside to say, oh, no, you don't. COVID has no power over me. Oh, no, you don't. It's a, it's, it's a virus, but it's really a demonic virus that you trample upon, and that's exactly what we have done from the beginning. And I am so grateful that God has spoken that to me and to leadership here so that we would stand our ground. And guess what? God's rewarding us. He's rewarding us in so many ways. We are flourishing because the truth spoken in boldness is going to break bondages where the enemy was trying to put the bondage there. But truth always sets us free. So black lives matter. No, 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 no. All lives matter. All lives matter. And from the very beginning when they had that Black Lives Matter, I knew immediately, just in my spirit, just, I knew, I thought, this, there's something wrong with this. And I went and checked it out, and it's witchcraft at the very core. Witchcraft, witchcraft at the very core. With the founders being lesbians, witchcraft, and witches. Witchcraft at the very core. So let's keep going down. Abortion. We are, and always will be, and if you're a Christian, you should be and always should be pro-life. There shouldn't be a question or confusion or what about, a, but yeah, but what if pro-life? God is the one that gives life. We are not the ones to take it away. So stop advocating for murder and then justifying it. And I know some of you have had an abortion. You go, oh my. You know, because you had an abortion. Let me tell you something. God forgives you. It's not, a, it's, we're not talking about the after. I could tell you countless of people that I know in this room that have had abortions. And even those that I've just ministered to that are not here today, but, but, and the pain that they live with for years, God forgives you. This is not about, oh, you can never be forgiven. But listen, if we can spare one person from going and walking into that demonic junk, you better believe we're going to be bold. And you better believe we're going to speak it. Absolutely. Especially for those that have had abortions, you would know just why you would want to stop somebody from those years of torment that you end up getting because of what the devil then brings upon you. But you know what? This has to be preached from the pulpit. Because you know what happens is you get people that go, oh, is that, is that not okay anymore? I thought it was okay now. I was counseling a young couple, and I said, are you sleeping together? Because they want a prayer. And I said, well, wait a minute. Are you sleeping together? And they kind of looked at me like, they didn't, I don't think they thought I was going to ask them that question. But I'm like, wait, you know, I can sit here and pray for you and pray for you and pray for you. But if you're living in sin, uh, we need to address that first. Right? So I said, are you sleeping together? They go, well, no. no. And I looked at him and, and he said, well, not right now. But the shocking thing was this, was that he said, wait, I thought that was okay now. How? What do you mean you thought that was okay now? But I looked at this individual, and it was a genuine question, and I thought, this is because, I think some of it, this is because from the pulpit, truth is not really being taught. It's a gospel of convenience that's being taught. 
And that's why people run to and fro. They hear some prophet or some prophetic person speak something that they heard from maybe God. And they just, and everyone flocks to it because why? Because, because they, they're not grounded in the word. He thought that it changed, but yet God's word says he doesn't change. And yet he thought that it was okay now. No, honey, it's not okay now. God is not okay with that. Marriage, is sex is for marriage. Sex before marriage is a sin. It's always been a sin and it's always going to be a sin. And if no one's told you that recently, let me just go ahead and tell you right now, it's a sin. And it grieves the heart of God. And the reason that people get deceived into end times and they just start listening to people instead of what the word has already clearly laid out is because they're not in the word and then they fall for all these different things because you know what it's easier for a man or a woman to get up and say i had a vision god spoke to me this this and that and the other it's easier for them to listen to that than literally open up the word and study it for themselves but that's what we're called to do he says my word i've left it for you jesus is the living word he says i've left my word and so that you would take it in so that you wouldn't be moved, tossed to and fro by every single thing that comes about, but you would be firm. Let's take the next thing, gender perversion. No, God created you, male or female. There is no in-between, and right? And we've talked about this, Genesis 1:27. God created you. How about same-sex marriage? I, I saw an article recently about some judge in New York um, you know saying that he's voting for and he and he wants to see polygamy come back of course of course he does and you know some of you are going oh my gosh but listen you know eventually it's going to you know it's, it, it's in the Bible it's nothing new under the Sun God was never for it people will tell me oh but you know in the Old Testament Moses Abraham they all had you know go on and on David you know Solomon you can go on and on and on that they all had multiple wives but it was never God's will they were always in disobedience to the will of God. So don't tell me just because it was done, it was the will of God. Many people do things that are not God's will because it's your own free will. It's choice. It's called choice. But that was the wrong choice. Marriage is between man and woman. And he spoke it in the book of Genesis. God's original heart, God's original design. So the day when you start to see and hear, polygamy being okay and being accepted and becoming legal okay you need to go you know what this there's nothing new under the sun just like when you're seeing here gay marriages and and and, and uh, being able to adopt a child and though they're lesbian this kind of stuff right uh, sex change all this kind of stuff uh, a doctor being sued and being at risk of losing their license because they refused to perform a surgery that would literally change you know their, their, their gender and he refused and yet now he's losing his license no he has lost and and it's in court are you kidding me wow but there are people that are standing up for truth and then it costs them oh it costs don't ever think that there's not going to be a cost but are you going to stand for truth yes we're in the end times absolutely but god is good but he's also wanting to see are you really going to stand up for the truth even when it costs you? Even when it hurts, are you going to stand for truth? Or are you going to back down and say, well, I'm going to be quiet about this because it costs too much. It costs Jesus everything. And he says, I've already paid the price, but now I want to see if you're going to come. Are you going to come? Are you going to do what I've called you to do?